You are listening to the Academic Success Podcast Series on Bulls in the Cloud. If you hear something you'd like to learn more about or want to dive deeper into what Bulls in the Cloud can offer you, visit our Bulls in the Cloud Canvas page or connect with your Residence Life Coordinator. We hope you enjoy the show. And as always, go Bulls! Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Academic Success Series. My name is Aaliyah Deggs. I am a second-year Residence Life Coordinator at the University of South Florida Tampa campus, and today I'm your moderator. Today's episode, we're going to talk about finals week is here, how to maintain your wellness and tackle test anxiety. We are so excited to have our guests join us for today as we prepare for finals week and how to manage wellness during the final exam season. We are about to dive into a great conversation that will hopefully leave you with some strategies that you can use to successfully prepare for your finals exams and to finish the semester very strong. But before we dive into the conversation, I would love to introduce our wonderful guests joining me today. We have Don Richardson, we have Kathleen Kovac, and we have Dr. McCool. Please share a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what do you do here at the University of South Florida? Sean, we will start with you. Sure. Thank you, Aaliyah. Um, so my name is Sean Richardson. I'm one of our full-time wellness coaches from the Success and Wellness Coaching Program. Um, and we do behavior change with students. We do a non-clinical approach. So we work on goal planning with students, some motivational interviewing strategies. Um, we also talk about mindfulness as well. Um, students meet with us on a schedule based of really what works for them. Um, they make goals for their coach and we just help them with accountability. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Kathleen. Hello, Kathleen Kobiak. I work in the Center for Student Wellbeing and do health promotion work with students. So variety of health and wellness topics we cover, especially, you know, stress management, sleep, time management, um, but also alcohol and other drugs, sexual health. So we really want students to adopt these uh, healthy behaviors as it helps with their current success as students and also take those habits into the future as well. Thank you. Dr. Maku, wrap us up with introductions. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Matawal uh, Makut. I'm currently an instructor with the College of Public Health. I'm also a faculty in residence. Uh, that means I stay on campus uh, with students. Uh, I've been a faculty in residence in Beta Hall, and I'm currently in Juniper Popular. Uh, and I've been doing that for a little over two years. Uh, my background, I'm a trained physician. And I'm also in the College of Public Health. So uh, I have been able to engage students on various uh, health issues and issues around public health. And now that we're currently in a pandemic, I have also served as a resource to students in trying to educate them on public health approaches when it comes to issues around COVID-19. So that's a little about me. And I am excited to be here and talk to you all. Thank you all. So let's kick it off with our first question directed at Kathleen. What are some ways students can identify if they're having test anxiety and what can students do to manage that test anxiety during final exams? Yeah, thank you. Great question. So uh, first of all, it's important to know that 
feeling anxious or nervous, you know, before an exam is, is totally normal. Um, you know, it's our body's way of kind of gearing up for this, uh, event and, you know, that we take seriously and want to perform well, but for some students that can kind of go a little bit too far where that anxiety actually is more, instead of like helping fuel them, um, can interfere with their ability to succeed in that moment. Um, so some signs to look out for that, um, that test anxiety, um, is proving to be detrimental, um, is if your, uh, thoughts are really racing, if you're having trouble concentrating, um, having trouble recalling information. So that anxiety has interfered kind of with those brain functions that, that we need to, um, remember and come up with that information at the time that, that we need it. Also recognize certain feelings that you might be having. So if you're feeling really, um, hopeless or having a lot of dread or fear, um, and those feelings are then interfering with, um, kind of just your overall quality of life and, um, affecting you negatively in that way. Um, and there's also physical symptoms that can manifest as a result as well. So if your heart is racing, if you feel really sweaty, if you have indigestion, shortness of breath or, or nausea, so um, can manifest physically that way. Signs that you might just need to take some steps to um, to manage that and um, and have some some tips about that as well. But I'm sure that um, you know Sean and Dr. McCood have experienced um, that with students as well. Um, so if they have any thoughts, but also happy to, to share some tips that I have for students. So um, thanks, Kathleen. Something I, I did, it's probably not as much of a tip. Um, I did want to share it. Yes, there's definitely like that physical, mental connection with stress. Um, something I experienced, actually, I forgot the name of it, but I actually have a very physical response to stress as well with the shortness of breath. Um, so I, I think that's really important for students or for anyone really to recognize if you're having some physical responses too, that um Think about how's your mental health going as well and think if there's any connections and reach out for help because it can definitely manifest in a bunch of different ways. Thank you all for responding to that question. I'm going to remember some of those strategies. <laughs> oh, I think it's important and something that we have students that work in our office and, and talk to students about these topics and they wanted to share um, that it can be really helpful if you um, kind of have that, that preparation in advance. Um, and we know that, you know, students will be taking their exams mostly, um, online and, and virtually. So kind of recognizing what space you're, you're setting up, uh, to take your exams and make sure that you're, that you're comfortable, that you feel prepared, that you, um, have the right, you know, lighting and that your technology is all working. Um, that if you're living with other people, that they are aware that you're going to be taking an exam and they can kind of respect your, um, your space and, um, volume. Also just in terms of how you're taking care of your, your body and um, getting a good night's sleep the night before, having a good meal the day of, and um, you know how you're, you're taking care of your body and fueling your body. Um, and then recognizing some of those, um, that self-talk and things that, that we say to ourselves um, and how that can interfere with um, you know, how we end up uh, 
succeeding. And if, you know, if we, if all of our thoughts are, you know, I, I can't do this, I'm not smart enough, I'm going to fail. Um, then that can, you know, affect our actual performance as opposed to if we have some more kindness and, and positive self-talk and knowing that, you know, I've done the best I can to prepare for this and I'm going to remember this material and kind of more of that positive uh, self-talk can be very helpful in just getting yourself in, in the mindset to uh, to take that exam. And, um, you know, maybe you're the type of person who likes to listen to some pump up music to, to get you going or prefer some like relaxing music instead to kind of calm your mind um, or practice, you know, some some deep breathing exercises that um, can help calm our body and mind, um, especially if like while you're taking the exam and um, you start to get flustered, if there's questions that come up that you're not remembering, you know, just maybe skip that question. If you're able, take a few deep breaths, kind of um, bring yourself back into your body and mind. Um, and I know that you have the, the facilities that you need to, to do well. Um, and given that you've, you know, prepared adequately, which I'm sure you have. Thank you, Kathleen. Yes. Like positive self-talk and affirmations are so essential breathing, like intentionally taking deep breaths are so essential stretching your body out as much as you can, um, before, you know, all those great things, staying hydrated. So Sean, the next question is for you. How can students practice mindfulness during finals week? Thank you. So actually I've been, I've the wellness coaches had to do a lot more research into mindfulness um, because I do like to study the things as I recommend them to my students. Um, and something that has kind of come to my awareness when it comes to mindfulness is just knowing, and I'm sharing this with all my students as well, is just knowing that this is an ongoing practice. I think usually when we think of um like what mindfulness is, we think of it should be in the moment, like how do I just become mindful and think about my thoughts? Um, but true mindfulness and tr that practice um, from Eastern cultures is a practice that is an ongoing commitment to monitoring. What are you thinking? Um, why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? Like where are these thoughts coming from and being comfortable to sit kind of in what is happening? Um, so in that way, it's very much linked to meditation. Um, so something I would say to people who want to practice mindfulness is to know that um, it takes time to get used to it because this is something that you would be ideally kind of doing um, each day. So I would say think about it farther than just finals. Um, think about it before your finals are coming. You can start today. Um, think about what thoughts are coming into your mind. Where are they coming from? Why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? And being comfortable to sit with them. And I, I tell every student this as well, um, but know that some of your thoughts might not be um, they might not be feel good thoughts. So sometimes you're going to have negative emotions as well. Those are not necessarily things to run away from. Uh, it's important that you sit with what comes to your mind, which is the point of mindfulness. Um, so I would I try to encourage students to and what I would encourage um, some of the listeners to do is to maybe get outside some right now. We're having some really good weather. I know it's chilly today. But I think we've had a lot of sun, obviously, Florida, but it hasn't been too hot. Um, so finding spaces to sit outside, get some air. Um, I'm a big fan for not isolating yourself completely indoors as much as you're able to get outside. So definitely get some air. Go for maybe a brief walk. Um, if you want to listen to some music, listen to some music. If you don't want to listen to music, that can also be very liberating as well. Maybe sit with a friend, sit by yourself. 
but just do something where you're able to kind of process how you're feeling, what's going on. Um, my biggest takeaway from this is, and we see, I see this at least all the time coming up from my coaching sessions is how do I just become more mindful right now? Like I have my final, don't think about it as a right now type of thing. Um, that doesn't really work. Think about this as something that you can practice and get better at starting maybe now during finals, but ongoing for the rest of your life, ideally, um, or maybe just ongoing throughout your college experience. But um, sit with those thoughts, those emotions, think about why you're feeling what you're feeling. Um, and then that kind of leads you to what should happen next. If you need to get up and be physical, get up and be physical. If you need to go to sleep, you might figure out that you should hire. Um, and if you need to study more, that might come to your mind as well, too. All righty, Dr. McCoot, the next question is for you. What are some additional strategies students can utilize to increase their overall wellness? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was listening very carefully, you know, from the contributions from Sean and Kathleen. And uh, you guys have uh, given out very great strategies for our students. Uh, but one thing I want to focus on is, uh, you know, we're really in the midst of a pandemic right now, uh, and that's COVID-19. And that has been a very uh, big challenge for our students, you know, in terms of their mental health. Uh, one of the things I will uh, try to encourage students is that we have a situation where we have uh, our spring break before the week of finals, right? So students have the opportunity, you know, to travel uh, and go out and kind of get some, uh, you know, much needed break. So one of the things I will advise uh, students to do is to try to stay safe, right? Still do all the basic public health strategies of uh, trying to use a mask, socially distance, you know, wash their hands or have a hand sanitizer around uh, to try to limit them from getting infected, you know, with the virus. Uh, and the good news is that if you are in Florida, starting from Monday, you know, you can be able to get yourself vaccinated uh, once you're eating and above. So I think that's also something we can be able to get our students to use that opportunity uh, to get vaccinated. And the good thing is just across the street, right, on campus, we have a vaccination site. So they can be able to take advantage of that just before spring break. So that at least you can be able to travel with that confidence, uh, knowing that you can get yourself um, you know, uh, safe. Uh, another thing I would like to focus on is the mental health, um, you know, situation where COVID has really been a stressful situation, uh, most especially for our students. I've gotten a lot of emails uh, from students who have been affected either directly or through their families. Uh, so I believe that some strategies that you can use is to try to do things like yoga, right, to kind of, you know, calm you down, uh, exercise, even if you're not very comfortable going to the gym, you can be able to take a walk, uh, you know, in the park or try to, you know, just uh, walk out outside, you know, get some much needed uh, vitamin D. Uh, and then, of course, uh, some good sleep is also very important, right? Because if you're not rested, uh, that can also be a problem. Stay hydrated and try to eat healthy. So I think these are all things that students can be able to do uh, to kind of keep them safe and mentally ready for the finals week. So those are some strategies I think I'll add to what uh, Sean and Kathleen have said. I really like that Dr. McCoot said um, go for a walk because I say something that we encounter a lot in wellness coaching or something that I work a lot with um, with some of the students is that um, there's like that feeling, of course, it's like I don't feel like I don't feel comfortable going into a gym because COVID, um, you know, the pandemic, et cetera, or maybe my gym is closed if the student's not going to one on campus, um, which some students don't for multiple reasons. But 
And something that I think that really stood out to me and that we try to impart on students is that physical activity can look very different. It doesn't need to be in a gym. So like Dr. McCoop said, going for a walk, I think is such a fabulous um, strategy I like to recommend to students who are able to be physically active in that way. It's just going for a, a walk, um, whether it's daily or every other day, but just getting outside and just moving your body, dancing. Um, so these don't have to be ways of like pumping weights or like doing pull-ups, et cetera. I mean, if that's what your doctor has recommended or your physical therapist has recommended, go for it. Um, but if not, then I think just being able to move your body can have so many tremendous effects as far as your mood and just how you're feeling. So even for myself during this time, I've picked up hula hooping again, like hula hooping was my favorite thing as a kid, you know, and I'll, I was like, okay, I need to be active. I don't want to be in a house all day. What is something that brings me joy and brings me back to like a childlike state of mind? And so hula hooping has been my thing. Like I love it. I do it almost every day. I've also picked up like jump roping or just buying some skates, teaching myself how to skate. And I've been doing it outside. So those are some good strategies. It doesn't always have to be something so structured, um, but just think about your favorite childhood appropriate activity and do that and bring some joy back into your life. The only thing I was going to say is that I learned tennis during the pandemic, which has been really fun. So yeah, I love, love your hula hoop strategy for sure. So I've been doing tennis and that, that for me is much more, um, I mean, I like the gym too. I worked at a gym, but it's much more accessible than going to like lift weights and being around a bunch of people. So yeah. Definitely. And if you're a skater, you know, sometimes the tennis courts are the perfect location to learn how to skate. (laughs) So now that I talked about myself a little bit, I want you all to think about when you were a student, what strategies did you use to help you um, get through your final exams? Uh, So uh, let me see. uh, What are some of the things I did? Uh, I think I really utilized uh, group discussions. Right. uh, and that was, of course, there was no COVID-19 at the time. So we could meet, you know, in groups and kind of talk about topics that have been, you know, taught in class and things like that. Uh, but one of the things that I will encourage students to do is uh, in this day and age with COVID, a lot of students uh, are using what they call group me. Right. Uh, that's like a discussion forum where they're able to chat and kind of discourse amongst themselves. So even though we are not able to meet uh, traditionally, they can be able to meet you know, online and using other tools. So that's something I know that has worked for me, you know, very uh, closely. And then uh, you practice questions, right? Uh, Once you practice questions over and over again, then you're able to understand, you know, concepts and strategies, you know, for whatever uh, topic, you know, that is being taught. So I think questions, I can overemphasize how important that uh, that is to my students, uh, because um, most times, you know, students are able to understand the concept once they're able to answer questions. Uh, And then one of the things I always have tried to do is to ask questions that I don't understand. And when I say ask questions, I don't mean asking my colleagues, right? I want to ask my instructor, right? So if uh, there's something you don't understand, uh, one of the things is ask your instructor straight, you know, uh, I don't understand this concept. Can you help me explain, right? And those are things that they can be able to explain to you so that you can be able to utilize that uh, in your exams. And then, of course, I try to rest as much as possible. Always listen to your body, right? So sometimes uh, you might be a little tired, but you're like, oh my God, uh, I need to cover this chapter, do this, do that. But the time you're really stressing yourself, you might not be getting as much information as you think you are. So I think when your body is kind of telling you you need some rest, you know, get that rest so that you 
wake up refreshed to be able to study again. So I think these are some things that I've done and it has worked for me. And I'm hoping, you know, it can be able to work for students too. For me, I think um, something that I tried to do when I was in final exam mode was really just um, how to make that schedule for myself and prioritize um, when I needed to be studying um, what based on, you know, when the projects or exams were due and really allocate my time uh, wisely, as well as allowing that time for myself and to take breaks. Um, and so to really kind of stay on track and, um, you know, prioritize what, um, I needed to get done and also not spending a lot of time studying things that, that I already knew. Right. So you may want to think you have to study the, the whole, the whole book, if it's a, you know, cumulative exam, but if you already know, um, a certain section really well, and you did really well on that exam, um, you know, trust that you, that you're going to remember that and spend more time on the areas that you didn't know as well. And, um, and look over those questions that, that you got wrong and, um, and figure out, you know, why that is like Dr. McCoot said, asking, um, your classmates or your instructor for, um, advice on that. And something that I wish I, I did more was to not um, feel the need to cram so much like the night before an exam, um, because that doesn't really help um, and <laughs> learn that the hard way. So if you're staying up all night studying um, and trying to soak in every last bit of information, you really need that that sleep. And that's when your 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 brain kind of stores those memories and solidifies um, that information that you did learn um, so that you can recall it when you when you take the exam. So, you know, again, as, as Dr. Mukut said, kind of prioritizing your your rest and your sleep um, and making sure that you are um, allocating that time um, appropriately and knowing that it does have um, those really important benefits. Similar to Kathleen, um, for my finals, I always built a study schedule for myself. So it's just based on what each day I would be studying certain things for a specific time. Um, and that worked very well for me. I like just knowing how I was going to approach each day and not feeling like I was cramming too much. And the other thing I would say is when I was in undergrad, at least, um, there was still social media, but I don't, I don't think it had reached its peak yet. It was kind of just coming into uh, <laughs> its strength, I guess it was just ascending to its power, but something that me and one of my best friends did during every finals, um, weeks or two weeks we would do at UCF, the competitor, I know, but something that me and my best friend always committed to from our freshman year until we graduated is that during those weeks, we just deactivated our social medias, um, accounts, because we just wanted to just be off of it. Um, so we logged off, um, we logged out of Facebook. It was just not, a thing that we just access. So for those two weeks, we would just um, be focused on our courses. Obviously, it's a different age. Social media is much more um, present and there's a lot more things to do on it, including like information of where to study, which looks a bit different from when I was in school. But I will say uh, creating some type of boundary of your social media access can I think can be very helpful um, because know that social media is designed to keep your attention is designed to be highly addictive. So I think any strategy that you can use to create some boundaries between your social media usage and your study time can be very effective, whether you're still using your social media in the evening or at night and using maybe some of the morning afternoons for studying academics. Um, so that way you're still being able to do it. 
Um, but I'd definitely say introducing some type of boundary during the finals or midterms or whenever it can be helpful for social media. And you will probably notice a direct increase in your ability to go to sleep easier if you're not on social media as much. During my time, we used to have this saying, we call it crash program. So we wait till the end of the semester and we kind of put everything together and, you know, try to kind of cram everything. So I think one of the things your students should do is make sure you pace yourself from the beginning of the semester to kind of know your content gradually rather than waiting until the end. And you kind of put everything together and you're trying to kind of scramble to understand it. But you see, once you understand it over time, it's easier for you to be able to retrieve that information for your exams rather than crashing everything all together in the week of finals. Sometimes it's very difficult and stressful and that can get you confused. All righty, thank you. Um, when I was in undergrad, I did something very similar to Sean where I had um, a schedule and I would work on each of my finals about two hours at a time with 30 minute breaks in between. And for me, because my mind is always scattered, I was like, I need clear time to work on this, pause, time to work on this, and pause. And so it was a great pattern for me. It worked really well. And I managed to get A's on all of my final exams, which is something we love and we hope for each and every one of you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. Uh, we hope that we've given you some great strategies and tips. Feel free to email us if you have any questions at liveandlearning at usf.edu. Thank you so much and go Bulls. Mm-hmm.